Good to be as punctual as possible, so we'll start our final night at the week of prayer by singing together 641, <coughs> 641, this hymn of revival. It's a prayer to God, revive thy work, O Lord, thy mighty arm make bare, speak with a voice that wakes the dead, and make thy people hear. Bow together in prayer. And Father, as we sing this hymn of revival together, that's our desire. And we say from the outset, O come and bless us now. Thank thee for this week. Thank thee for your presence night by night, for dwelling with your people as you have promised to do. We've been able to say in the words of that Jehovah title that the Lord is there, Jehovah Shema. 
and he's been with us and he's helped us to just look into the word for a little time and come around the throne of grace. He's helped us to pray night by night. This is a new night and we need the fresh anointing of the Spirit. We need the Lord to come again and, and work in our hearts and do that which is pleasing in his sight. We know that we need revival in this land. We look out into the nations of the world and there's not a place in this earth but we need revival. We need God to move. We think first and foremost of our own land, the place where we live and where we're burdened for. Visit the province, we pray. Give us another year of grace. Oh, that the Lord would come and manifest his mighty works among us. Prepare us for revival. Lord, deal with our sins, our wanderings, our goings astray. Put the blood upon us and give us victory every day in the Christian life. Help us to please the Lord. Help us to delight ourselves in the Lord. You've told us in your word that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, then he will give us the desires of our heart. And Lord, we desire revival. And we know that as a result of revival, oftentimes sinners are converted to Christ. And so come, Lord, and may it be soon. May we not have to wait. Tarry not, Lord. Visit us, Lord, Sunday by Sunday, day by day, in fact, in the work of God, in our witness for the Lord. And so bless us as we come here together. We're a needy people. It's the final night. We need the Lord to come and abide with us, stir our hearts, give us the ability to, to pray and seek him. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Every night the announcements have been brief. <coughs> so let me bid you welcome in the Savior's precious name. Good to see all that are here and still a few more uh, coming in. That's good. It must have been the good singing that brought them in right up to the front. Love to see people sitting in the front seat. Some of the, I can't remember who it was, but uh, they had lived quite a a wild life in the past and they said when they came to church and they got converted they couldn't understand why people didn't sit there why did they didn't fill from the front why did they always gravitate to the back they said you know when we were in the world and we were going to uh, all those concerts and all those activities we got up to the front seat if we could and uh, the back seats were the ones that were filled last don't know why it is the other way in the church maybe it's shyness but anyhow think about it be great to see some of you on Sunday sitting right in the front rows of the church. Our Ukrainian friends come up near the front, and that's always an encouragement. Can I tell you that the prayer list is available for this year, and we've been able to get it all sorted out, typed up. I want to thank my wife for helping that. Um, one or two of the names we just had a look a second time. A few other names we had a look a third time, and there was the odd one we had a look a fourth time. But if, if they're spelt wrongly... Um, I don't think it's our fault alright so there you go the Lord knows who they are you pray down them if you get the name half right he knows exactly who they are uh, let's really pray day by day all week uh, over these names looking to the Lord to save them in the earlier part of this year do remember the Lord's day just to mention this before we come to God's word we meet for prayer at 8 o'clock Sunday school is at a quarter to 11 Bible class at 11 Worship service, 12 noon. Gospel meeting at 7. And it's also the dedication of Noah Robert James Moore.
The theme this week is the God who answers prayer. And we're turning to Acts chapter 1. We don't need to look for obscure texts. We can go to the familiar ones and be blessed. Uh, I was going to say every bit as much, maybe even more so. Uh, these very simple passages of scripture that outline uh, the great need of what God does and the God that moves with mighty power. And so we come to Acts chapter 1. We'll read from verse 4 through to verse 14 and then the opening four verses of chapter 2. Verse 4 of Acts chapter 1. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room, where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelotus, and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, and Mary the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues or other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. Ending our reading at the fourth verse. This week, as we have thought about the overall subject, the God who answers prayer, we looked at four things, and tonight we'll look at the fifth. Monday night, he is able to restrain the devil in his works of evil. Tuesday night, he is able to restore the sick to health and strength. Wednesday night, he is able to raise up laborers for 
the harvest fields. And therefore, of course, night by night, we've been praying, praying about these things. Last night, he is able to redeem the lost, even the worst of sinners. And I think we were encouraged to pray last night and to keep praying this year for the unconverted. Now tonight, I have one final thought, and that is he is able to revive his people in the darkest days. Perhaps this is the greatest need of the hour. We've often referred to it as that. If we were to think what is the greatest need for the hour in the Christian church worldwide, and certainly here in Northern Ireland, I believe this is the greatest need. Revival. Revival is the coming down of God. Revival is the setting of the church on fire. Revival is being filled with the Holy Spirit that we might live right in this world. Revival is the Lord drawing us close to himself and making us into vessels of honor. Revival is not souls being saved, though souls are always saved in revival. Multiple conversions are a result of the reviving days of God. It is when the church catches the fire of the Holy Spirit and is set ablaze for God, then Christians, they go out with the, the spirit of evangelism in their heart to win the lost to Christ. Christians begin to live right. They begin to walk right, witness right. The people of God get a renewed vision, a greater perspective of God himself and his glory and a fresh view of Jesus and his love. Indeed, the love of Christ constraineth us, becomes the central motivation for us to live for his glory. And as a result, the people of God go out into a dark world of sin with a holy determination and boldness to witness for Christ. The spirit of evangelism burns in their souls. They receive a deep burden for the lost and the dying, and so they seek to win them to the Savior. And multitudes are thus converted. That's what happens in revival days. And the greatest example of this in history, I believe, is the day of Pentecost when the, the Holy Spirit was poured out in abundance, more abundantly than ever before. And the disciples went out into the streets of Jerusalem as we go on uh, to read in this chapter to preach the Holy Spirit. And to so preach empowered by the Spirit of God that we're just told here that they were filled with. Thousands are converted to Christ. Don't need to tell you how many. We know that there were 3,000 souls that chapter 2 tells us about. There were 5,000 additionally that chapter 4 tells us about. And I've also told you in times past it's possible it happened on the same day. In the morning time through the preaching of Peter and the apostles, 3,000, then the evening time when the crowds gathered again and the gospel was presented an additional 5,000 brought to the Savior. The descent of the Holy Spirit into the hearts and the lives of these praying Christians changed their lives. They were transformed completely, instantaneously. There were 120 Christians in the prayer meeting in that upper room. 
No doubt there were other Christians who didn't make it to the prayer meeting that resided in the city of Jerusalem. But the point is that God found a people. A people who were prepared to pray. A people who locked themselves away alone with God in that upper room and they pleaded the promises of God and they waited with expectation. And the Holy Ghost came in answer to prayer. Remember what these men were like. Now I know they loved the Lord. There's no question about that. And I know that they they served the Lord. They had been serving him throughout his ministry. And I know that they followed him. I know that they obeyed him. I know that they were faithful to him. But you know, there were many faults and failings, even in what we might call the greatest man of that day. They argued about who would be the greatest in God's kingdom. Luke chapter 22 and verse 24 tells us about that. It's very hard to to understand and just take it in how that, that could happen. It was sinful. It was fleshly. It was carnal. It happened, as you know, just after the Lord's table. And I think that makes it more incredible. Perhaps they were not just so aware of what that signified as we are today. But they were gathered at the table and the Lord broke the bread and he distributed the cup, saying this do in remembrance of me. Because the very next morning Jesus is going to die upon the cross. And yet these men are arguing who's going to be the greatest just after the Lord's table and on the eve of the cross when Jesus would die. There was also a strife among them which of them should be accounted the greatest. Not only that, but the disciples failed in the place of prayer prior to Pentecost, prior to this great revival. They failed in the place of prayer. Came to the garden with the Lord. I know that they've been up that night. They were tired, they were exhausted, but still the Lord just wanted them to to wait with him in prayer for an hour. Wait with me. But they couldn't even wait for an hour. They fell asleep. They failed in the place of prayer, as so often we do. Imperfect men. This is the point I'm trying to make. Every single disciple, without exception, followed afar off. It's named, or Peter's named, particularly, that he followed afar off, but so did the others. When Jesus was taken in the garden and arrested and led away, there wasn't one to go with him. They all were at a distance, following in a distance to see what was going to happen. Peter, one of the most outstanding disciples, denied the Lord. And remember, he he denied him with oaths and cursings. I know not the man. It was just the night before when he was gathered with the disciples and the Lord. And the Lord spoke about what was going to take place. And Peter said, no, no, Lord. And I'll stand with you and I'll go with you all the way. I'll go to prison if needs be. I'll die if needs be. And yet now we find Peter protesting when he's challenged by a maid and a damsel and someone else. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. After the, the death and the resurrection of Christ, these men were so fearful that they'd locked themselves away. 
they got into a room, locked the door for fear of the Jews, the Bible tells us. Even after the resurrection, we know that Thomas, he doubted that the Lord was really alive. He didn't believe the report of the other man. And so they were timid, they were cowardly, they were argumentative, they were careless, and they were prayerless. They were depressed and dejected, fearful and doubtful. But all this was to change when revival came. When the disciples began to pray, when they were united together in holy love, when Christ became their focus, which he did, when they waited for the promised Holy Ghost. Think about what happened on the day of Pentecost. These men have been in prayer now, as we know, for 10 days, shutting themselves away, waiting, tarrying as they were commanded to do by Christ pleading undoubtedly the promised Holy Ghost, Lord, send the Spirit. They were told to wait there until they were endured with power from on high. And they waited day by day until that day came, and it was the day of Pentecost. And the Spirit descended, and we're told that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And what did they do? They went out into the streets of Jerusalem, and they preached the gospel, and they saw a mighty, mighty work done. What can we say of the church of Jesus Christ today? Has it lost its power? Has it lost its cutting edge, its influence? Do we see carnality and worldliness and much of the flesh in the hearts and the lives of professing Christians? Are some of the prevalent sins found in the disciples of Christ that were there back here when these men had failed the Lord in so many different ways? Do we see Christians arguing and fighting? We sometimes do, very sadly. Do we see a failure in prayer? We do. There's people not wanting to pray or get before the Lord. Are Christians following afar off? Are they ashamed and fearful to own the Lord? Do believers deny the Lord in their words and in their ways? Are they filled with despair and doubts? And if so, it is simply a testimony as to how much we need revival for God to work. Our lives need to be transformed, radically changed. And only God can do this. Only God can set us on the right course and therefore we want to pray to that end. We want to pray for revival. May God find a people here that's willing to seek him. A people that's willing to, to get to the prayer meetings. Because that's where revival begins. Every time did so here in Acts chapter 2. And right throughout church history, that's where it always began. When God found a people who were prepared to seek him and to seek him and to keep on praying until revival came. May we cry to God for the mighty manifestation of his presence and his power. The promise of the Holy Ghost is still for us today. Never forget that. And so tonight I remind you, he is able to revive his people in the darkest hour. And so we need to cry to God with earnestness. Indeed, there, there are Bible prayers that we can quote and plead You'll know these prayers, but let me put them up for you. 
If you have nothing else to pray about tonight, pray one of these prayers. If you don't know it off by heart, look it up in the scripture. Psalm 85, verse 6. Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Isaiah 64, and verse 1. Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens, that thou wouldest come down. That's revival. God coming down. And a third one, Habakkuk chapter 3. And verse 2, O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known in wrath. Remember mercy. Let's look to the Lord tonight. Let's pray on the basis of God's word. Let's take these Bible prayers and bring them to the throne of grace tonight. Psalm 85, verse 6. Isaiah 64, verse 1. And Habakkuk 3 and verse 2. 624. Here in thy name we are gathered. Come and revive us, O Lord. There shall be showers of blessing thou hast declared in thy word. Oh, graciously hear us, graciously hear us, we pray. Pour from thy windows upon us showers of blessing today. Don't just sing for the sake of it. Don't just read the words and they mean nothing to you. But brethren and sisters, I say to you, I suggest you pray the whole way through. Every line, every verse. May God come and graciously hear us and pour out these showers that we desperately need. Thank you.
seated. If you got the little memo in the WhatsApp group, told you two things we want to pray for tonight. What we've been preaching about. The greatest need of the hour. Revival. Will you pray for revival tonight, every Christian here? And the second, with the ongoing war in the land of Ukraine. I want to remember this country. Still looking to the Lord. God has a time and God has a purpose for everything. And this war could go on, but we, we pray that there will be intervention. We pray that those that are serving there, especially belonging to our friends here, will be kept safe and protected. We ask you to pray for that wee family in Germany that wants to come. And uh, there's been a slight change that the, that the mother is no longer coming. So we need a, a two-bedroom apartment. Will you pray? If you know of anybody that has one, let me know. But Valeri, Masha, and the little baby girl uh, wish to come. And they're going through a process to get them here, which could be quite soon. We come to the time of prayer together. And at this stage, we say goodnight to folks listening in on the internet as the church comes to pray here. As always, we encourage you to pray at home and seek the Lord. Pray for revival and pray for the land of Ukraine. Thank you.